So we're up to the beginning of the Gemara is now continuing the narrative about the splitting of the Yarden. So the Gemara says, The second, the Kehanim who are carrying the Aaron. So they were first. So the Kehanim are carrying the Aaron. The second they put their feet in the Yarden, the Yarden split. Shenemar, Ukvoi, Noise Aaron, Ari Yarden. It says that when the Kehanim entered, the waters uh, went, stopped going downstream. They stood and they rose up in a column. Okay. So, well, how tall is the, how tall was the column of water? So, the interesting uh, first opinion is, Review this says it was 12 mil by 12 mil tall. Why? Because that's the size of Machane Yisrael. When Machane Yisrael would travel, it was 12 mil. So if they have to walk, so you sort of have, think of Klal Yisrael, if they're traveling like this, that's how tall the water was. Now here's the problem. The problem is, the Gemara is going to ask, you're telling me that the water rose 12 mil because that was the size of Machane Yisrael. The problem is, water moves a lot quicker than people. Meaning, if the water rose to 12 mil and then afterwards flooded back, technically, yes, the water is the same size as the Machne Sol. So think of it like as a cube, right? Machne Sol is this big. The water rose that high, allowing Klayusor to walk through. But that's assuming that Klayusor was walking as quickly as the water flows. Water flows way quicker than people can travel. So although it traveled, the water flowed and paused, the water flow, paused flowing for 12 mil, but that's 12 mil of water volume is going to go a lot quicker than 12 mil of people. So if let's say it takes 12 mil of water to flow, it takes 10 minutes, it's going to take a lot longer for Klai Yisra to walk through. So yes, it's technically the same size, but Amr le Rav Eliezer Shimon, Rav Eliezer Shimon says, according to you, Adam kale mayim kalm. Who's quicker? People or water? Of course, water is quicker. Then the water is gonna the water is gonna drown Klal Yisrael because if 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 it's just pausing for twelve mil, which is the size of Machane Yisrael, then by the time Machane Yisrael walks through, it's gonna be a lot bigger than twelve mil because water goes a lot quicker. So rather, it wasn't that the water didn't just go for 12 mil. It kept going and kept going kept going. Keeping waves upon waves of this wall. More than 300 mil. So you're talking about above the clouds. So the first opinion says 12 mil because that's the size of the Jewish people. But the Revelator says that's not going to work. It, rather, it went up to more than 300 mil in the air, a column of water. Until the kings of the east and the west can see it. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, a long Pasuk, the Pasuk says, When all the kings of the Amori that were on the side of the Yarden, when they saw when they saw the column, they heard the column of water, the splitting of the Yarden, Yimach, their hearts sank. And uh, all this, uh, all the kings of the Canaanim were also devastated when they heard what happened to the Yamzov. And their hearts um, melted. And didn't have any spirit because of the fear of Klal Yisrael. And you find that even when the, the spies from Yeshua went to the house of Rachav Azayna, Rachav Azayna told them 
We heard that the Yamsuf split. Their hearts melted. Meaning, so it was not just a, it was a it was visible to everybody. So he feels it was up to 300 uh, mil high. Now, while they're still in the Yardin, Yeshua, Yeshua, while in the Yardin, you see the Pasuk tells that Hashem told Yeshua to tell Klal Yisrael something while they're in the actual Yardin. The Pasuk never actually says what to tell them. It, it doesn't say what Yeshua said. The Pasuk just says, Yeshua told them while in the Yardin. What did he tell them? So he says, Yeshua said the following message to Klal Yisrael while in the Yardin. Understand what condition are you split? Is Hashem doing this miracle for you? In order for you to conquer Eretz Yisrael. If you get rid of all the inhabitants of Israel, all the Canaanim good. But if not, the water will come. The water will, will sweep away Oisichem. Now, what does Oisichem mean? Oisichem is a combination. My Oisichem. Oisi ve'eschem. The water will, will, will drown Oisi ve'eschem, me and you. So Yeshua was basically saying to them, listen, we're about to enter Eretz Yisrael. There's going to be a lot of fighting. It's not going to be easy. But you got to do this. And if you're not willing to do this, the water is going to drown us right now. Now, the, it's clear also from the Psukim I wanted to make this clear yesterday. It's clear from the Psukim that there were two sets of stones that Yeshua told Kla Yisrael to take. One set of stone they set up, they took 12 stones. One set of stones they set up by the Yardin itself, by the banks of the Yardin, as a commemoration for the miracle. The second set of stones was they were told to take with them, which we said yesterday they took to Har Grizim, Har Evil. They made, they made a carbon, they wrote all the the Torah in 70 languages, then they took it to Gilgal. So there are two sets of stones. So the Gemara describes these two sets of stones. Yeah? What was on the first set of stones? The first set of stones was just built as like a, like a pillar, as a commemoration by the Yardin for the miracle. So the first set we're going to address right now. While still in the Jordan, Yeshua told them, Each one, each... Uh, the Pasuk says that they should take 12 stones, one, from each, one for each shevet. Uksiv, and what was the purpose of the stones? They were set up by the Yardin itself. The Pasuk says, it will be a sign for you, because at some point your children will ask tomorrow, what is the purpose of these stones? Meaning, and Yeshua said, these stones will be a sign that Hashem split the Yardin for you. So that's what they set up. So the first 12 sets of stones they set up right there as a forever commemoration. You know, it's like a, like a commemoration for the miracle of splitting the Yardin. Now, after that, telling them about the first 12 set of stones, while still in the Yardin, then Yeshua said, take a second tw- set of stones, this one, one stone from under the each foot of the Kehanim, t- take 12 stones from under the feet of the Kehanim, very large stones, and we will take them with us. And we will leave it where we're sleeping. Where we're sleeping tonight. This is the stones, the 12 set of stones, the 12 stones that they took with them to Har Grizim Har They had a, a Mizbeach, 
they wrote the Sefer Torah, all of the 70 languages, the Torah 70 languages on these stones, and then brought them back to Gilgal. Now the Pasuk says that Yeshua said, we're going to take these stones with us where we sleep. Now, Yachem would call Malan Malan. Does that mean that every night, wherever they would travel, they would schlep the stones with them? No, Yeshua said, it's Dafka tonight. We're going to take it to where we sleep tonight, which is Gilgal, but then we're going to leave it there. I guess it's still there today. Amr of Yehuda, Abba Chalafta, Ravalazim and Masya, Vichanadi and Chanichoi, these three Rabbonim, Omdu Avanim, they examined these stones. I guess they saw, they saw these stones. They knew where it was. They saw these stones. Vishiurim al Kalachas Viachashkula Karboim saw. And they estimated that each stone was the size of 40 saw. Now, for the record, if you think about what that is, 40 saw we know is a mikvah. So think about it, it's a stone the size of a woman's mikvah. It's a very, very, very large stone. The purpose of showing the weight of these stones, and these were carried by an individual, each individual, there were 12 individuals that carried these stones. So it shows you, Rashi points out, the purpose of the Gemara telling us this is to show you how powerful, physically powerful, the Jewish people were at the time. That each Jew, there were 12 Jews who were able to carry these gigantic stones. Now... So, okay, so they lifted up, 12 people lifted up these stones and put them on their shoulders. Now, these stones were the size of 40 saw, which is a mikvah. Now, what's interesting, Mikgamiri, we have a tradition. The tradition is that scientifically, the Gemara says, a person can carry three times more on your shoulders than you have to lift it up. Meaning, if, I ha- if, if the max I could lift up and put on my shoulders is 10 pounds, I'll be able to carry on my shoulders 30 pounds as someone else puts it on it. So these Jews were able to lift up 40 saw. We assume that that's the max, which would mean that the Jews at the time were able to carry on their shoulders 120 saw if someone else put the weight on their shoulders. So what is the purpose of knowing this? Meaning, it's okay. So the Gemara is telling us that the Jews of the Midbar were able to lift up 40 saw, but carry 120. What's the purpose? The Gemara says, well, I'll tell you why it's Negea. It's Negea when the, when the Meraglim, when the spies entered Israel, and they carried out the bushel of grapes. The bushel of grapes were incredibly heavy, but because they had poles in order, they didn't have to lift it up off the ground. The poles distributed the weight. The, the Gemara is saying that each Jew, each of the 10, ten Meraglim who carried, so eight of them carried the grapes, each person was carrying 120 saw, because that's the max that they could carry on their shoulders. And you're talking about eight times, that's how large the grapes are. It's eight times 120 saw. It's 960 saw weight of the grapes. It's, 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 you're talking about like a ton, literally a ton of grapes. So the Gemara says, If you figure out the calculation of how much a person can carry with, by picking up from a pole, so they're not picking it off the ground, but just putting it on your shoulder, 120 saw, and that was the amount that each spy carried with the cluster of grapes. Now, by the way, because we mentioned the Maraglim, now we're going to, for the rest of the daf, talk about the Maraglim. That's the flow of the daf. We went from the spy, from... Yeah, the Jews entering Eretz Yisrael with the stones to now the Meraglim, the spies of Moshe and Yeshua. Shenemar, the they carried an pole by two. It says they carried an pole by two. Every pole is obviously has two people on it, right? That's the pole. A pole is carried by two people. Why do you have to say a pole by two? 
Once the Pasuk says that they carried the cluster of grapes with a pole, all the more so, uh, of, course it's, of course it's two. Uh, Avada, it's two. So why do you have to say two? I thought I saw, I saw it before. Uh, of course it's two. So why does it have to say the pole with two? So the Gemara says, what does the Pasuk mean by saying that the pole, they carried it with two people? It means there were two poles. Meaning, these cluster of grapes were actually carried by eight people. Two poles. Um, it's unclear. So, Okay, so Art Scroll actually has a picture. I'll just hold it up for anyone that doesn't have it. Art Scroll has a picture of how it looked. It was, it was basically two either two or four poles, depending on the formation. Rashi has it that it was two poles under the base, two poles diagonal, so it's talking about eight people carried the clusters. Rabbi Nuchanano has it two poles with, with four handles on either side. But it's either, so it, basically the cluster of grapes was carried by eight. Again, there were 12 spies. Yeshua and Kalev, the Gemara is going to explain in a moment, did not carry any fruit in. We'll see why in a moment. Leaving 10 spies. Eight carried the grapes. Echad nosarim, one carried a pomegranate. Echad nosatena, one carried a fig. The Yeshua and Kalev loy nosuklum, and Yeshua and Kalev did not carry anything. Now, why did Yeshua and Kalev not carry anything? So, First of all, the first pshat is they were so chashiv that they were exempt from schlapping. The second pshat is this is interesting that Yeshua and Kalev understood that everything the Miraglim did was in order to instill fear within the Jewish people. Even the fruit was in order to instill fear because, ah, you're going to say, well, the fruit's great. Think about how great it is to have so much fruit. The answer is, they understood that the spy's intention, two lines on the bottom, the spy's intention, the spy's intention by schlepping in the fruit was to scare Klal Yisrael because Klal Yisrael would be so weirded out they would say, they would see, this is the apples, this is the pomegranates of Eretz Yisrael. That must be how big the people are there. And therefore, Yeshua and Kalev understood that the purpose of this fruit was in order to scare Klal Yisrael, so they refused to participate. Now, Now, okay, one more point from the previous, and then we're going to go back to the Meraglim. So we said that it's a machloikes, how, how tall was the pillar of water when they split the Yardin? The first opinion was, Rav Yehuda said that it was 12 mil by 12 mil, because that's the size of Klal Yisrael. So think of Klal Yisrael, again, like as I said, as a cube walking, that you had, let's say, uh, 50,000 in each direction, all marching in once, it was 12 mil, so the water had to go up 12 mil. Again, we mentioned the problem, Rav Yehuda didn't like it, because he said, well, uh, who walks quicker, water or people? Obviously water, so 12 mil is not enough. So he said it goes up 300 mil. So the machleik is 12 mil or 300 mil. So the Gemara says, I believe the following machleik is, Chad Amr, L'divir Rav Yehuda, according to Rav Yehuda, go to the next page, B'chani Yosan Avru, L'divir Rav Lezber Shimin, B'zachas Avru. The Gemara says, what is the machleik is about? The machleik is, how did they travel through the Yarden? Rav Yehuda feels they traveled as they traveled in the Midbar, with, like, a, like think of it as troops, Giant formations of people moving. That's how Rav Yehuda looked at it. Therefore, he felt that as long as the water split for 12 mil, that's enough. Rav Liezer felt that Klal Yisrael actually traveled through the Yardin a single file. 
meaning all the three million people, it was single file. Mm-hmm. Hence, the water would have to be a lot taller. I mean, there's a machlekes as to how tall the pillar of water was. Mm-hmm. Rav Yudah feels it was only 12 mil, which is the size of Klal Yisrael. says, no, 300 mil. So the Gemara says, what's the machlekes about? The machlekes is, how do they travel through the Yardin? Rav Yudah felt they traveled as they traveled in the desert, which is groups of people moving in unison. So therefore, it didn't have to go so high. Rav Yezer felt, no, they traveled single file. So it was a lot longer. So the Machlekes is basically, how quickly did they walk through the Yardin? Is it, did they walk through single file, in which case it took ten times longer? Or did they travel as they traveled in the desert? Shvatim at a time. Well, single file would take a very, very long time. So the Gemara actually rejects it. There's one opinion that rejects it. He says, no, everyone agrees they didn't go single file. They went as they traveled in the desert. The Machlekes is, how fast did they go? Meaning, think about it. If you're traveling all of Kali Yisrael together, it's not going to take as long. But how fast are you going? If you're running then maybe you could travel at the same speed or close to the same speed as the flow of water. If you travel slower and water goes a lot quicker, you need the water to be a lot higher. Meaning the Machlechus is, everyone agrees they travel the same way. The Machlechus is how high the water went up, either 12 mil or 300. The Machlechus is Pashat, how fast did they walk? According to Rabbi Yehuda, they were running. They must have been running full speed. According to Eliezer, they traveled a little slower and the water is a lot quicker. So if you have the water and, and the water is the same size as Klai Yisrael, but the water is going to get a lot higher. It's Pash and Machlekes. Which one is quicker? But that was, in, that was true in, in this also. That was definitely true in the splitting of the Yamsev. There's in the Yarden also. Perhaps, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. There. I think the Yadin was probably split the same way as the Yamsuf. I'm not sure. But the Yamsuf, for sure, there were 12 times. The Gemara says, now that we mentioned the Maraglim, the spies, now we're going to talk about the spies, I think for today's daf, and I think tomorrow's daf also. Well, the Pasuk says, Shalach Lechan Hashem. Hashem said to Moshe, send for yourself spies. Shalach Lechan Hashem. What's Lecha? Hashem was saying, send the spies if you want. It's not my command. If you're interested, meaning if Klal Yisrael is pushing you to send spies, you have my permission, but it is not my desire necessarily. Why? How do I know this? Because we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded to send the spies, then how could it be by them doing it, Sivay Hashem, by them fulfilling a mitzvah, it was such a terrible uh, outcome. It must be, does anyone choose a bad choice? Meaning, you think Hashem would choose to send Meraglam and have it blow up Kaviyoch and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's face? Of course not. Meaning, rather, it was Hashem saying, listen, I'm not commanding this. If I command it, it'll be good. I'm not commanding this. You want to do this? Up to you. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of his life said. When Moshe Rabbeinu recounts the story of the Meraglam, he says it was good in my eyes. Moshe Rabbeinu was saying it was my, it was, it was good in my eyes, not in the eyes of Hashem. Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klal Yisrael, we're going to send spies, and they're going to be chayfer, they're going to spy out the land. Chayfer means spy, but it's also a lotion of chafra. Uh, chafra means um, ashamed, like embarrassing. So it's the same lotion. 
Says the Gemara, The whole purpose of the spies from the spies' perspective was to find shame. They were not interested in looking, right? That's the famous Shiloh that the, that they, even the Gemara, but all the Rishayim and the Radak and the Malbim, and they all ask the same Kasha, which is Yeshua also sent spies. So he, he didn't learn from his mistake. The answer is, the Radak says, the purpose of the spies by Yeshua was not to decide whether to enter Eretz Yisrael, but how to enter Eretz Yisrael. These Maraglim Moshe were, 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 were interested in finding a, way, a reason not to go. It was, they were just interested in finding the shame of Eretz Yisrael. which is the spy. The Maraglim were not interested in, in, in finding a way to enter Eretz Yisrael. They were interested in finding flaws. They were interested, they wanted to stay in the Midbar. They were interested in finding flaws. Their whole intention was to find flaws, as opposed to the miraculous by Yeshua, which is Pasha to understand how to do it, but not whether to do it. Now the Pasuk lists the names of the Miraglim. So the Gemara says, we have a tradition that each name of the Miraglim implies their downfall. Now we don't know all of them, we know one, maybe two. And then it continues. We have a Messiah, we have a tradition, that the names of the Miraglim imply their essence, which was to find the downfall of Eretz Yisrael. Now we don't know all ten, but we only have one, and that is Sisur ben Michael. Sisur, Sisur means to destroy. That he was attempting to destroy the actions of Hashem, and Michael is Machkel. Mach means weak. Kel means God. That Kaviachel, God forbid, he made it seem like God was weak, that he can't enter Eretz Yisrael. That he made Hashem, God forbid, seem weak. That he was saying that because the Shparuch can't can't take care of entering Eretz Yisrael. Oh well, no. I, 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 oh, that's interesting. No, that's a good kasha. No, that's uh, that, that would obviously mean something else. Um, right. Interesting. Well, it says their names, but we don't know what the we don't know the, how each one implies their downfall. Oh, that's another one. He concealed the words of Hashem, meaning that Hashem was commanding us to enter Israel, he tried to conceal that. And Vafsi. Vavsi means to step over. He stepped over the attributes of Hashem and made Hashem seem like again like uh, not interested. He didn't talk about. It. He didn't treat Hashem's uh, reveal Hashem's attributes in a in a proper way. Now the very 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 famous Gemara. It's a Rashi in Chumash. And they entered the south, and he went to Chevron. What's he? It should be say that they went to Chevron. If it's referring to all the spies, that all the spies went to Chevron, it should say they went to Chevron. Why does it say he? It means that Kalev disassociated himself from the Meraglim. Only he went to Chevron. Davka Kalev went to Chevron to Davin by the Maris Hamachpela. By the way, this is one of the earliest sources in the Torah of going to Kvarim, Kivir Tzadikim. And again, uh, I once gave a shir about this, you can find it online, about how to daven at a kever. But I will say this, if you analyze, people talk about should you ask the Niftarim to daven for you or should you just talk to Hashem directly? It's an old child in the Rishayim. But if you look at his Lashon, the Maral pointed out, if you look at his Lashon, it says, Avoisai. 
my father's Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Bikshulai Rachamim. She notes my daven for me. Be a male yosher for me. See, he, that's how he. That's how Kaliv approached. Now, why did Yeshua not go to Chavron? Why was it only Kaliv? Yeshua did not need to go to Chavron to daven because Moshe Rabbeinu had already davened for him. Shenemar vayikra Moshe le Yeshua ben Yeshua. The Moshe Rabbeinu added Yud and was mispalo May God protect you from the atzus maragim. Which, by the way. It's also fascinating. It shows you that even at that time, Moshe Rabbeinu knew there was something up. Moshe Rabbeinu knew when he sent them that the, he had to, if you have to add a letter to the name of Yeshua, it means that he knew that there was uh, trouble afoot. Anyway, the Ainu the Chsiv. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he had a suspicion. It's one of those things where it said you can just have Ruch HaKadosh. And this is what it means. That's what it says that Kalev had, had a way that I mean that Kalev had to go to Hebron, but Yeshua did not. Now, just to end the daf, the Pasuk describes Hebron at the time. It says, Visham, and in Hebron, you had the giants. Achiman, Sheshai, Talmai, all these, all these, uh, these giants. Achiman, each one de- de- describes their size. Achiman, miyuman shebeachar. Now, Achiman is was the was the miyuman was the greatest of the brothers. Sheshai is shemesim esosim mishchosos. He would make the earth pits by stepping on it. He would make pits in the ground. Talmi shemesim arzu tlum tlum. He would make furrows in the ground. Talmi. And now take out the word davarachar. I was bothered by this. Rashi in Yuma takes out the word davarachar. Davarachar doesn't work. Um, these these giants. Each a son built another city. Achiman bana Anas. Achiman built Anas. Sheshai bana Alush. Sheshai built the city of Alush. Talmai bana Talmush. And all of these kids were Yelide Anak. They were the child of the giant. Shemanik chame bekeimosim. Anik means a necklace. They made the sun look like a necklace because they stood up. They blocked the sun, and you could just see the sun below their neck. They mamish made the sun look like a necklace. Now the pasuk says. Yeah, let me just read the Pasuk. It's a very famous Kamar. We've had this before. The Pasuk says, um, here, the, the, the Pasuk says, I have the Pasuk. Now, the Pasuk says, 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 the simple shot of the Pasuk is that Chevron was built seven years before the city of Tzoan Mitzrayim. Okay, now here's the problem. Um, so you're saying Hebron was built before Mitzrayim. That's unlikely. My Nivnesa, what does it mean that Hebron was built before Mitzrayim? Even if, if it means literally, it's not likely. Why? Who, who built these cities? Chum. Chum had sons, and he built the cities for his sons. Who was the, old, who was the youngest son? Canaan. Mitzrayim was three, two older than Canaan. Is it likely that Chum would build a city for his youngest son before he took care of the older son? Unlikely. So how, why would he build Hebron for the son Canaan before building Tzayin for the son Mitzrayim? It's not likely. So what does it mean that Hebron was built seven years before Mitzrayim? It's unlikely. Chum had sons. Chum built all these cities for his sons. He had a son named Mitzrayim, and he built him Tzoan. And he had a son named Canaan, and he built him Hebron. Hebron, Canaan was the youngest son. Would he build a city for the youngest son before taking care of the older son? Unlikely. Now, 
that Chum had four sons. Mitzrayim was the second to oldest, Canaan was the youngest. So why would he build Hebron for the youngest son before taking care of the second oldest son? So rather, no. Mitzrayim was built before Canaan was built up. So what does it mean that Hebron is seven before? It means seven times greater. And this is the Gemara says, the greatness of Eretz Yisrael is that Mitzrayim is the greatest land of Chutzlarz. And Sayin is the greatest part of, of Mitzrayim, which is the greatest land of Chutzlarz. And Within Eretz Yisrael, the rockiest part of Eretz Yisrael is Hebron, and still Hebron is seven times greater in, in every way than than Tzayin and Mitzrayim. El Shahaisem Mechuna Alecha Meshiv B'Tzayin. It means Hebron is seven times more fertile than Tzayin. Ve'elach Tarashim Chal Eretz Yisrael Yosem Hebron, and there's no rocky part of Eretz Yisrael like Hebron. If you've been to Hebron, that's what you see. There's no, it's hard to grow. You don't grow crops in Hebron. Mishum dekavri b'shechvi, and that's why they bury the dead there because it's not really meant for farmland. It's not like the Galil. Ve'elach mula b'chol eretz yisrael mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim was considered the most fertile of all chutzlarts. Shenem marki gan Hashem kareit mitzrayim. Ve'elach mula b'chol eretz yisrael yisrael mitzrayim, and within Mitzrayim, the greatest land of part of Mitzrayim was so on. And shows you how the greatness of Eretz Yisrael is. The Chevron is still seven times greater than the greatest part of Chutzlarz. The Chevron, we'll end with this. We're saying Chevron was, was rocky. Chevron is rocky. That's why, that's why it's, not, it's fertile, but it's, it's the least fertile of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why they bury the dead there. Is that true? The Pasuk says that Hashem said, I'm going to go to Chevron. Avshalom said he wants to bring a carbon. So he said, I'm going to Hebron. What's the purpose of going to Hebron? Because that's where you get the sheep. Because that's where sheep graze. So wait a minute. If it's so, if it's so rocky, why are there sheep grazing there? So the answer is, Vitania. Everyone got lambs from Hebron. So wait a minute. So if Hebron is so rocky, that's why you bury the dead, then why are there so much sheep there? The answer is that's the point. Mina, that's the answer. I did the klisha'ara of the Rai Visham and Kenyana. The answer is that's why there's so much sheep there, because, because it's so rocky, you can't grow crops. What ends up growing is just grass. And that's why they would dafka bring, you don't want to bring your sheep to, to crops because they're going to eat the crops. You bring it to an area where the crops don't grow. That's dafka why they went to Hebron. Now we'll end with this. The Yeshuvu Matura Aretz, they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days. They went and they came. So what do you mean they went and they came? Why is the Pasuk saying that? It says the Gemara, the Pasuk is equating they're leaving to, they're coming back to their leaving. Just like coming, they went with evil intentions. Just like they came back with evil intentions, so too they went with evil intentions. Meaning, do not think that the Meraglim had the purest intentions and they were just convinced that Eretz Yisrael was terrible. No, they went there thinking negatively. No one, you go to Eretz Yisrael, if you go to Eretz Yisrael wanting to see good, you will see good. If you want to see bad, then that's also up to you. But the point is, they went seeing bad. Their halicha was like their bia, completely with the wrong intentions to start. I will stop here.